There'd be a lot of poop in my hands. <laughs> Seen a six-foot alligator go swinging through the air and slam into a tree. These guys are the scientists of the supernatural, lecturers leaving lessons for inquiring laymen. They are applying the scientific method to a world that baffles science. They are the cryptids of the corn. But who else has big black wings and red eyes? Um, Batman. Oh, Mothman. Oh yeah, Mothman. A great white shark was stolen. Oh, someone stole a shark? I got stuff for you you don't even know about. She's a witch. She turned me into a newt. Who knows? Anything could be possible. Anything could be possible. It's really big. Mm-hmm. Abduction vibes. Holy moly. It sounds like you were abducted. And it just stood up. I mean, it just like kept going and going. And she goes, what the... Welcome back, fair listener, and join us on this tale of medieval magicry. I am the great and powerful mystery. And I am a renaissance clone, fair clone J, number, I don't know, 17? Huzzah! Yeah, huzzah! Huzzah! Grab your sword as we gather on this quest for manhood. I don't that just, when you said has a uh, I have a funny story real quick tangent when we were uh, in uh, oh gosh South Carolina maybe or Florida I don't remember for a family vacation you know those uh, shows it's like a it's like Knights of the Round Table mm-hmm. or uh, whatever they're called uh, where the the knights put on the show and you eat the dinner you yes. know around and everyone has their colored sections of the mm-hmm. night they're in they're rooting for well the big wizard was running around and he's pointing to each section and each time you point to a section you stand up and you throw your arms up and you yell huzzah and he's going around boom this section this section we were in the next section but and he's circling on real fast and he, instead of pointing us he just was done and he just kept running by but my brother was already ready for it so he just jumps up and yells huzzah but he was the only one in our section that did it <laughs> thank you for interrupting the flow for that i'm sorry i'm sorry but hey we're back in the renaissance funness what dragons are real dragons speaking of dragons i don't know i don't know we're gonna talk about dragons today oh yes that's right Indeed, we are, aren't we? <laughs> Dragons. So every culture has a story of a similar creature relating to dragons. Mm. And they're very similar descriptions. You know, there's kind of the Eastern and Western versions. Right. The, the Eastern ones are like the slend- slender, long, like... But historic European dragons were also serpent-like in the back. Ah, okay. So the modern, like the four-leg dragon you see in like movies Game and of stuff Thrones. like that is relatively recently, within the last 400 years. Yeah. Uh, like with European the big, culture. With the big arms and legs yeah. and the big wings and the fire breathing and the... All, almost all European dragons before that period were very serpentine with wings. Mm, okay. So very much like flying snakes. Like flying worms. Like the worms W-Y-R-M. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about some dragons. Okay. Uh, and then we're going to talk about some what, what dragons could be or what's happening with dragons. Wait, wait. Before we get into it, is is Dragon Tales real? Yes. Is that soft disclosure? Yes. Good show. Good show. We're going to talk about the Lone Pine Mountain Devils first. Wow. Okay. That sounds scary. Yeah. Well, they are. They're awful little creatures. The Lone Pine Mountain Devil is a cryptid that was captured in the, that has captured the imagery and imaginations of many people. 
This mysterious creature is said to roam the forests of California and subject to numerous accounts throughout history. Mm. Described as a fairly large, furry or feathered, like down, multi-winged creature with razor-sharp talons and multiple layers of deadly venomous fangs. And scientifically, community, the scientific community considers the Lone Pine Mountain Devil to be a combination of folklore and misidentification rather than a real creature. Mm, of course. I mean, yeah, when we start talking about these things that look like, I mean, do you blame the scientific community? Well, I guess, I guess, I don't know. Yes. Throughout yes, the years, I do. stories and eyewitness accounts have circulated, adding that the growing legend of the Lone Pine Mountain Devil. In some cases, these creatures have been linked to the Jersey Devil. Hmm. Uh, the reports from the early settlers and priests traveling the air described as a winged demon from the depths of hell. The town of Lone Pine, situated about 100 miles east of Fresno, has become synonymous with these chilling tales, drawing curiosity minds and leaning towards about this exclusive being. Oh. The Lone Pine Mount Devil legend continues to grow. People are left to wonder if there's any truth to these stories or if it's just a fragment of our collective imagination. Ooh, just a fragment. Although there's no concrete evidence has been found of such support such a creature, the Lone Pine De- Mountain Devil remains a fascinating urban legend and continues to evoke both fear and intrigue in the hearts of those who come across the tale. So, okay, are you about to get back into the description of exactly what this thing looks like? Yeah, I will here in a second. Okay. Uh, I'm going to talk about some of the early settlers first. Like, uh, oh, so the Lone Pine Mountain first... Devil origins. You got gotcha. So well, I'll talk about the North Americans, and I'll talk about the uh, Spanish settlers and early sightings. What's those two explorers that famous, like, for traveling across America that, like, reached the Pacific Ocean first, so, you know, first in our history? Oh, my gosh. Uh, Why am I blanking on their name? Um, I, you know who I'm talking about, though, right? Yeah. Or they, I'm sure, do they have accounts from it or something? They started in Ohio. Oh, They're, really? Yeah. That yeah, was their Ohio first? Ohio was unexplored. What the heck is their name? Lewis and Clark. Lewis there and we Clark. go. Sacagawea was the real one. Was the what? The real one. Oh, okay, yes. She's the only reason they didn't get murdered by all the Indians across the, the United States. <laughs> if they even did it, I mean, who knows? I think they did it, and I think it was Sacagawea. That helped them. Uh, that- she's the one that literally kept them from being scalped. <laughs> yeah, probably. Is they were like, hello, <laughs> native people. We're here mapping this for our settlement. Yeah, Um. and then the Comanches come across, <laughs> and they're like, yeah. <laughs> no more Ed. So the Spanish settlers in early sightings, the history of Lone Pine Mountain Devil has its roots in the early encounters with the Spanish settlers traveling through California. These early explorers documented their encounters with these unusual creatures in their journals, born described as winged demons. The settlers believed that these creatures were sent from the depths of hell as a punishment for their sins, as they're killing all the Native Americans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would feel pretty guilty too. Why do these accounts add the mystery and fear of the legend? It's uh, certainly not to jump to conclusions about the Mountain Devil's existence. All right, let's talk about some Native American stuff. Okay. There's not a whole lot on this cryptid. There's I have a whole bunch of little cryptids. I would, I'm would. i curious, too, with your stack of Native American books over here, if one of them out west has this in there. They're, but there's not too much cryptids. very generalized. Yeah, there's not too much deep dive cryptid stuff in there. It's more just history of them right. being moved. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's true. Here. Sadly enough. Yeah. The Lone Pine Mount, uh, North American folklore. Lone Pine Mount Devil found its place in North American folklore, captivating the minds of ghost hunters, cryptid enthusiasts, and storytellers alike. Many locals tell revokes or revolt. Uh, many locals tell revelies about these creatures, paintings in the fearsome beast, and multiple layers of deadly venomous fangs. It is like I said earlier. You know, it's a large, fluffy body, multi wings. So its front legs and its back legs have wings on them. Mm-hmm. 
razor sharp talons that it uses to grab and hook prey. Despite the stories adding the creature's mystique, the scientific community, like I said, remains skeptic. So the Native Americans, they, from what it looks like, the outside looking in, adapted this later rather than earlier. Oh, okay. That so you know that may point so some negativity towards the Lone Pine Mountain Devil being real. Yeah, I got a couple questions though. Um, okay, did it fly? Will it get there? Okay, and then second one, if it's native to California, you know the old maps and stuff showed like like the old maps where you see California is already like it's like its own island. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it. Uh, that was wishful thinking. I mean, uh, I want California to be its own island. It may, what goes around comes around, so it may be one again, but it is weird those old maps have this big stretch of land in the Pacific right off the coast, and it call, we called it California. It's uh, it's kind of odd. Either that, either California was, you know, an island, and now it got pushed up against the coast, or that sunk, it's gone. You know, it got buried or well, destroyed, I don't know. I think it's definitely more the other, just because of the mountain range and species. Right, yeah, true, true. That it would it does not seem like it was, all the species in California are native to the other states as well. You know, it would seem like there'd be some localized species. Wait, so which one are you saying is more likely? That there was a different thing that sunk, sunk in the is ocean. Gone. That's what I was always thinking too. Not California as we shoved know it. itself into the coast. Right, yeah, yeah. But like you said, it might be wishful thinking. It might be predicting the future of and Current California. I just the mountain ranges are my big point, like the Trinity's Alps, that's yeah. in Northern California. You know, they connect all the way across. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, who knows? Right. Anything could be possible. Who knows? Anything could be possible. You're gonna wear that button out. It's the only one I press. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So description and characteristics. Okay. Here we go. Mysterious creature is said to roam the forest of California. It appears is quite unusual, as it's described as some kind of a combination of a dinosaur and a winged monster. The creature's face is often described as resembling that of a T-Rex or other theropod dinosaur. You know, big toothy maul, you know, kind of squarish head. Yeah. Uh, Adding to its fearful and intimidating aura. Covering the Lone Pine Mountain Devil body is a layer of fur or down. I'm I'm leaning more towards the down. Yeah. Which anybody that doesn't know what down is, down is, it's like a broken apart feather. It's very fluffy. Yeah, it's just You ever seen a silky chicken? They're covered in downs. It looks like fur. It feels like fur. It's just soft feathers. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so, which makes them look quite unique against uh, the various other cryptids from around the world. What truly sets these creatures apart than from other mythical beasts is the multiple sets of wings. These wings are believed to be strong enough to propel the creature swiftly through the skies in search of prey. Hmm. It is not an ordinary bird-like cryptid, however, though, as its wings are commonly referred to as multi-winged, raising more questions. Uh, like, think almost like dragonfly. Okay. It's very odd for a vertebrate-like cryptid that have two sets of wings and still running around on the ground. Yeah, that doesn't make much sense. But maybe, I mean, I don't know. I'll see if don't, you can ruin this one for I'll me. Say, don't push the button again. <laughs> uh, one of the most critical attributes of the Lone Pine Mount Devil is its deadly arsenal of weapons. So yeah. now we're getting to more Lumberland kind of lore. You know how they right. like to spin cryptids. Like the Snally Goster. Mm-hmm. Or Snally Goster. Yeah. The razor-like talons and venomous fangs. It relies on these two features to catch and subdue its prey, making it a formidable adversary to those unfortunate enough to encounter it. While its presence is considered by the scientific community to be a mix of folklore and misidentification, tales of the Lone Pine Mountain Devil have captivated the imagination of people for decades. So if you ever find yourself wandering the forest of California, keep an eye out for a particularly fur-covered, dinosaur-faced, multi-winged, venomous-fanged monster. You never know when or where it might make an appearance. Right, yeah. Now... 
Any birds with fangs? Is that a thing? Because some birds have teeth. Very ancient birds. Okay. Now, also. non-avian. Ah, okay. Uh, Or something else. Here's another question, too. Yes, sir. Do you think the bird? Do you think it's actually venomous, or do you think like the bite has like bacteria and stuff, and it's infectious, like it's dirty? Either or. Like it's a dirty bite. Yeah. Either or. That's okay. I don't think I. As far as the little bit of information I have on this yeah. thing, I couldn't tell you one way or the other. Okay. But do either exist in nature now? Yeah. Oh, sure. Okay. All kinds of stuff. Okay. Cool. Uh, so we're not out of the realm of, and we're talking about you know obviously it's hinting at that it may be some kind of saurian, some di- dinosaur. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we think there were some venomous dinosaurs. But we haven't proven that or haven't found very good fossil evidence of it. Yeah, it's going to be pretty dang hard to prove what it. What we look for is grooves in the teeth, like right. Komodo dragons and ancient monitor lizards that we know now are venomous. Right, yeah, exactly. Uh, but even, I mean, imagine though, even back then, maybe it was just anatomically developed different than it is it, now. Very, so very possible. Tell. Yeah, there's stuff we probably found that was venomous that. Like uh, a lot of the little theropods, like a troodon and stuff like that, they're pretty sure it was venomous in some mm-hmm. way, shape, or form. Because the what things they were hunting were much larger, hmm. so it was more like the like Komodo dragon style. You know, you get in there, get a couple good bites, yeah, and you just kind of follow it around until it drops. Yeah, you know what's really venomous right now? Hmm. These my fists, because when they strike, oh snap, oh snap, you're going down, going down. Not right away, probably, but you know, probably two days later, you'll feel it. <laughs> so so dumb. I'm dumb. If you see descriptions and sightings of this cryptid. Like a lot of the like drawings of it, modern day stuff, make it look just like a little theropod dinosaur. Okay, that's not really what it looked like. Okay, it was more like, kind of like a winged snake. Hmm. Very reptilian. Its head is specifically very reptilian. These two sets of wings, and it may have had legs. It may have just been that second set of wings. Okay, it's very odd because it hasn't been seen in a long time. Well, I mean, they said it was like ground dwelling, right? But it would fly in search of prey, and then right. its prey to the, and then hunt on the ground. So it had some sort of like feet, right? You Snakes know. don't have feet. Why well, true? Legless lizards. There's all you don't need legs to be on the uh, to be on the okay, ground. Okay, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, gonna save that as a clip. I was <laughs> gonna say if someone submits that, you're kicked off the show. Oh, speaking of which, we still you still have time to submit your clips for our new intro for season five. You have like a couple more weeks. Get them in. Get them in, people. In the Sierra Nevada mountain ranges of Southern California, there's tales of mysterious cryptid, like we said, known as the Lone Pine Mountain Devil. I'm trying to get to the description. One of the most famous incidents involving this creature occurred in the late 1800s when a group of men, including priests named Father Justice Martinez. I think it's Justice. Justus. It's like Justin U.S. at the end. But Martinez, so maybe it's Hustus. It may be Hustus. I don't I'm being dumb. Venture into the heart of the Sierra Nevada mountains. The group were attacked by described winged demons that left only Father Martez alive. Mm. Or Martinez alive. He later reported the horrors he had witnessed in the manuscript t- entitled St. Roderick's Invocations, where he described the viciousness of these beasts as damned by the good Lord. Wow. Over the years, there have been numerous reports and sightings that are in attacks attributed to this creature often coinciding with reports of wild animal attacks, particularly coyotes and bobcats. In the mid-19th century, gold prospectors, uh, known as the 49ers, began spreading stories of this creature after discovering numerous carcasses in the desert and the mountains wilderness of the, of the Southwest. These tales became more and more intriguing as a part of mythology surrounding the creature. 
which continues to captivate the imagination of the locals and cryptozoologists alike. In the late 20th century, there saw a resurgence in reports of the Lone Pine Mountain Devil, particularly in the forests of Southern California. The noteworthy, a noteworthy incident involved a small group of copper miners who claimed to see and come face-to-face -face with the creature in the Sierra, Mount, the Sierra Nevada mountain range. Despite their harrowing encounter, the men were able to escape unharmed. The news spread of their experience sparked a renewed interest in the cryptid. The internet era began, and the share of hoaxes and misidentifications surrounding this creature also began. Mm, okay. But it also led to the sudden jump in reported sightings. The North American Cryptozoologically Center at the North American Cryptozoology Center, sorry, saw an expiring raise in record accounts between 2003 and 2020. Oh, wow. And many locals still claim to have encounters with these creatures in the wilderness. Their ferocity, though, in modern day has definitely seemed to be dialed down. So it's not as dangerous, or maybe it's something new that... Or it got shot at a bunch. Or that too, yeah. The it guns just, got modernized. And it's like, okay, don't. I'm not going to mess with this creature anymore. And went from powdered, you know, powdered guns to... Muskets and shoot one shot every... To now 16 shooter revolvers yeah. with, you know, Gatlin guns. Yeah, if it missed you on that first shot, you about had a minute. Imagine the first Gatlin gun up in the mountain, and it's trying to... Mowing down trees. Like, oh. Yeah, let's leave. We just suddenly became a couple more links down the food chain. Yeah. Now, so what do you think of the Lone Pine Mountain Devil? I like the story. I mean, but it gets into that, you know, that frontiersman, you know, discovering. There's the... definitely a lot of that. Yeah. But, you know, there's so much with that because our, there's so much, uh, I don't know, intrigue, intriguement, intriguing qualities to those stories because it's people really exploring, you know, this land and uh, what's the word, recording their accounts, you know, for the first time. And there's a lot of weird stuff. That's just the Lumberland stuff is so hard to, like, discern. What, discern, yeah, whether it's true or not. Yeah, and there's probably nuggets in there of everything. But, and I you think know. there is. I think there is. I think whatever was here before we you know, took over this land, started developing, developing it to whatever the heck we've made it into now, which... Was it better? But I don't know. I just would have liked to have seen it, you know, in its more natural state where. So as far as I can tell that like get rid of the, like they they paint these things looking like velociraptors. Yeah. And the old historic accounts do not have them looking like velociraptors. Right. More something along the lines like Quetzalcoatlus, like this big, long serpent with wings, four or two sets of wings, four wings total. Mm -hmm. This square, blocky head. I never heard any reports of eyes. Oh, OK. And but they say, you know, you just. They didn't know what dinosaurs were in the early 1800s. You know, dinosaur, the word dinosaur didn't come around until the late 1800s. Is that when somebody invented them, the idea of them? Shut up. <laughs> right now. Uh, but I no. just had to see what, how you'd react. So it just is odd to me that we get these old historic reports, and I think there's a little bit of muddling with the modern-day stuff, wanting this to be a theropod, a living theropod. Well, it, that and the game of telephone, you know, mm -hmm. and yeah, I agree with that. Ready for the next one? Oh, yeah. Another account? Yeah. Uh, well, no, a whole other dragon. Oh, a whole other dragon. So that was the Lone... What, what was it again? The Lone Pine, Pine Mountain Dragon. Lone Pine Mountain Dragon. Or Devils. De Mountain Devils. They were it. seen in, like, groups as well. Oh, okay. So it's Devils. Maybe it was a breeding ground. Mm, for babies. Yeah, or off the coast. Because they weren't, they weren't extremely big. Yeah. Uh, you know, most of them say, you know, five to ten feet long. Okay. But for, you know... Uh, anything like that is when it's a snake-like or serpent-like animal. Yeah, a lot of that's tail. Right. Yeah. So the next one's the Iowa dragon. The Iowa. Mm -hmm. All right. Okay. Are you excited? I'm excited for this one. I got the theme. Let's see if you can pick up on it. Okay. 
A number of Burlington, Iowa residents reported seeing several Iowa dragons flying over their city in recent years. Two witnesses described this as being a brownish-skinned creature with a long, snake-like body around f- and then around 15 feet wide, bat-like wings. Its head was shaped like that of a seahorse, and it had a skinny tail uh, f- flowing behind it. They watched the dragon slither through the sky in the air until it flew higher and higher into the night sky. Okay. This was seen by a lot of people over okay. the years. You want to go into sightings? Yeah. I have centuries of sightings. Now, now that it doesn't have, no one accounted for it to have a horn or anything on the top. No, it? it was okay. not the Van Meter visitor. Just making sure. All right. Yeah. But good, good. Because I did, I have that little note. That was my Iowa cryptid knowledge. The Bedford Times Independent in Bedford, Iowa, in August 11th, 1887. Okay. Reported a man named Lee Corridor encountered a flying serpent. It was withering and here's his exact words. It was withering and twisting with protruding eyes and what seemed to be a forked tongue. Great scales which glistened in the sunlight, covering its huge body, which appeared to be flat and nearly a foot in width. So it was only like a foot thick. Oh, okay. So a very wide, flat creature. Yeah. And then that's the end of his quote. The beast seemed to fly and land with a thud in Mr. Corridor's cornfield. Okay, so it just plopped down the ground. It didn't seem like it landed. It didn't seem like it landed normally. Well, that could be a couple of things. Either it was well, hurt or it was hunting. He watched in awe, in astonishment, and then eventually the dragon returned to the sky. Did it have anything in its mouth or, I guess, talons? It's. I mean, this is a 1887 newspaper report of his okay. encounter. That's pretty much it. Like okay. what I just read you. But no, he reports this thing as being really wide, you know, bat like you know, or manta ray shape kind of thing. This big square blocky head, but seahorse like, yeah, and this big long serpentine tail, no legs, just wings, head, tail, and it kind of plops into this field and doesn't really, you know, it's twisting and writhing around the sky. It just mm-hmm. kind of lands. I don't know if he thought it was resting. You know, I we, I, we, I guess we could call him up. He was he was alive in 1877. Sure, yeah. Let's just ring up his his rotary phone and uh, see if I mean, he answers. You go outside and get the Ouija board and. <laughs> Yeah, right. I will not. Hey, Mr. Corridor, can you tell us more about the serpent? I know you can only use one letter at a time, and you're probably a devil or a demon. But yeah, so that's the first encounter. I have a couple more. What do you think? I mean, I can't put my... I, this isn't giving me like any vibes of another cryptid I'm trying to think of. Uh, basically, I'm trying to equate dragon stuff to like current cryptids or a thing I can compare it to, but... Oh, we get some modern sightings. I don't know what this thing is. On October of 1890, uh, Independence, Iowa, was home to several reports of a monster with wings, a monster's head with what seemed to be horns, <gasps> a mouth like an alligator's. <gasps> this creature also appeared to be green in color and covered in what they thought were either scales or some kind of armor. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so that's it that, for that one. Oh, okay. Now I that's mean, a Van Meter visitor. That's easy. That's an easy one. I don't think so, because it didn't have legs again. Oh, darn it. I'm just trying to... I'm trying. I don't think these are Van Meter visitors. It's Iowa, though. They don't got nothing out there but That's corn. That's definitely more pterodactyl-like. You know, the Van Meter visitor walked around. Oh, true. Dang and it. And it it, they would say, yeah, the horn was glowing like a spotlight. <laughs> yeah, okay. It'd be pretty obvious. That might be a detail if it was that. Let's jump forward a couple uh, centuries. Well, a couple. At least one. Mm, two. Okay. Because I'm going to use my now my 
the century starts with the two. Oh, okay, gotcha, okay. One witness named Megan claimed that in 2005, she and her husband witnessed a flying dragon while driving down the streets of Burlington in the middle of the night. It's described as a 10-foot-long snake-like creature with bat wings and a head similar to a seahorse. Ah, same description. Very, very similar. Yeah. And uh, I don't think she knew about the original one. I mean, I doubt it. 1887. Was yeah. the one that was she's describing exactly. And this is 2005. There's not too many podcasts and around yet. Her creature, there was no podcast in 2005. There had to be one. No, I don't think they started to like 10. Maybe they weren't mass, but. Uh, so she, her creature's a lot smaller than the 1887 one as well. She said that hers was only 10 feet long. Yeah. And the other one had a 15 foot wide wingspan. Gotcha. But, you know, things shrink over time. Someone named Zeus mentioned this in the comment section on a uh, on a local thing about dragons. I live in Iowa, too, in Grand Mound. We see dragons like that all the time. They normally come in from harvest time when the moon is really big and red. They often take cows and other animals from neighboring pastures. I myself have spotted these dragons six or seven times in my life. Once in a group of three. <laughs> Only. Once I saw a large blue one with four wings... Obviously, they look like the one described above. Yeah. That reminds me of uh, the game Smite, Quetzalcoatl. Basically, that's exactly what they're describing, the way they depict him in And I don't know if this one is, you know, accurate or not, but it's just interesting. Yeah. The the Iowa Dragon has a long history. Like, there's not a ton there, but it has, you know, 200 years of history. So, uh, is that the last one for the Iowa Dragon? Okay, well, so where are they coming from? Where are they going? Like, if they're... Let's say they are around and they live in the area. People are spotting them. If that guy said six or seven times, that's not a... Once is pretty fantastic. So, so far, we've covered two localized dragons Yeah, that seem to be visiting the areas over centuries. Yeah, that's like that's but where they live. But not there constantly. No, that's one where are they going? Seasonally. Are they, but are they there constantly? They're just not out. Like, are they... Are they Underground creatures? It's going to be a long episode. Are they cave system creatures that are coming out and feeding? I don't know. Uh, I'm not telling you anything till the end. Are they? Tr- well, they can't be doing... There's no mountains in Iowa, I tell you that much. Yeah, there are. What? No way. I think there are. I thought Iowa's as flat as Kansas or something. Iowa's the big pointy one, right? It has a big finger point straight up? No. Big What's finger pointing straight uh, up. Idaho? Yes. Okay, I'm thinking of Idaho. Maybe Iowa doesn't. Yeah, Iowa's no. Iowa's cornfields. I'm thinking of Idaho. Iowa's just northwest of Illinois. Oh, lots northwest of Illinois. Well, I mean, just directly right there. I'm pretty sure it's like right there. Iowa's the little. No, I feel like there's mountains there. You ever seen the KFC man on the map, like a map of the U.S.? How you'd identify? You know, Louisiana's the foot, and it goes up. Oh yes. And literally, Kentucky is a piece of fried chicken, chicken on a plate. Yeah. Iowa's the head of that guy, and you know, Minnesota's mm. the. I think right, yeah. And then Minnesota's the. I know. Uh, I think that's in. No, I think that's Illinois. No, it's Iowa. I'm telling you, it's Iowa because Iowa. Has Minnesota a piece sits on top of Iowa. No, Illinois. We're gonna because I've drove in. We're pulling a map up. Okay, we're Anyways, pulling a map. While you're looking at that, the Mount Cadence Dragon Snake. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or 7 Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Ooh. Have you picked up on the theme yet? Dragons. Okay. Uh, More specifically. Hold on. Okay, go ahead. Iowa's on top of Missouri. Um, Wisconsin's on top of Illinois. But Illinois is still not the, the head of the KFC man. I knew you were wrong. On se- Are there mountains in Iowa? Um, I'm pretty sure it knew. Well, you were wrong on several things so far. No, I haven't been. All right, hurry up so we can get... We're I'm in done. the middle of an episode. I'm done. I'm done. All right. The Mount Canaan's dragon snake. Uh, so this is Indonesia. Ooh, okay. One of the largest islands in Indonesia exists a creature that has been terrorizing nearby villagers for decades or centuries. This creature is able to fly and has residents, or they think it resides in a cave on the mountain near Mount Cadence in the province of Lumpung. Uh, and it, squ- it scours of the locals and it re- reigns in terror, only takes tens of years to measure when it wasn't taken. Okay. So basically, it's a very cyclical event, yeah, yeah. when they're seen. Mm-hmm. The Mount Cadence dragon snake is often described by locals as a flying, winged, dragon like creature. Locals simply say it appears to be like that of a serpent but they don't really specify on the shape. But it has a horse-like head. It also has two wings, uh, different from the usual concept of dragons in Asia. So, you know, Indonesia is a part of Asia. Right, yep. So it's not an Asian, just a flying serpent. You know, this thing has big wings with a serpentine long body and a horse-like head again. Mm-hmm. According to, I'm going to try this, say this guy's name. Oh, boy. Abraham. Abraham? It's not Abraham. Right, it's uh, he's a villager uh, that they interviewed for this dragon. Okay. In the past, this dragon has been terrorizing the Parsawani villages for years. Many small children and babies have been abducted and eaten by these dragons. Oh, that's not good. Because of this, the villager members took the initiative to trap it by blocking the entry of its cave with stones. It also has another name, but that is the Ula Kura. Ula Kura. Which means horse serpent or horse dragon. Hmm. I want to talk about some sightings. Oh, yeah. So this is actually, uh, the existence of this creature is known from a, I'm going to try this. It's a a local TV group from Indonesia. Okay. The Jerka Jerka Mushries, which just means Mystery Tracks, a TV documentary about Indonesian cryptids. Oh, we should have them on the show. I would love to have them on the show. I don't think they speak English, and I don't speak any of the languages in Indonesia. Oh, I do. So we're good. Draga, an elder from the village, says one of these oh, one of the living eyewitnesses of the the, the dragon. I'm just going to go with the dragon. Okay. <laughs> he said the dragon has a habit of abducting small children and livestock when their pa- or when their parents are working in the fields. Uh, these inactive or or intended to the children. The dragon brought its prey to its lair near the peaks of the top of the mountain. One occasion happened on a pitch black night on bro- or uh, on one occasion happened not in pitch black night but in broad daylight. The mother was harvesting a rice paddy. Her child is left in the paddy hut, so not too far from her. Right. When the mother checked, her baby was gone. Draga said that the dragon activity is seen most uh, almost every day. This means the dragon is li- a living creature. So when he's there, he's seen very very regularly. Mm-hmm. Because of this, a few years ago, the year is not specified in this documentary, the villagers blocked the cave with stones, and the dragon was supposedly inside. Even though the terror stopped, the majority of villagers have been traumatized and chose to flee to other villages. In the present, only a few families are living in this village still. 
When Dragas asked why it is called the Ula Kula, the horse serpent, he said the shape of the dragon's head is similar to that of a horse, but it's still its body is snake-like, with gesturing to show the dragon's pose while flight. Like, he draws this big, like, long snake with, like, bat-like wings. Yeah. Hmm. And now, these aren't just, like, hammerhead bats, are they? No, these these are big. Okay. I mean, those guys are big, but not this big, right? Yeah. Okay. And then the big snake body is the majority the, of this. Yeah, that breaks it away from... You know, the Jersey Devil looked like a mammal. Right, yeah. This thing looks like a big snake, snake with serpent. bat wings and a horse head. I wonder if it is a sky snake. Any questions about that one, the Mount Canton's dragon snake? No, I mean, it's it's very uh, storybook, though. You know, the lair at the top of the mountain. We we traveled up there and blocked off its entrance. It's very storybook. My last cryptid before we get into talks for you is the Nabibian flying snakes. Okay. Nabibian? Yeah, Nibia? Nambian? Nambia? Nibibian? Nibib- N-I-M-I-B-I-A-N. Okay, Nambian. Nambian. Flying snakes. Okay, yeah, I'm ready. Thank you for correcting me, I guess. I'm ready. Well, you know, we want the... Nibibian flying snakes. <laughs> what? Nothing, just go on. Is an oddly gigantuan <laughs> serpent that's possibly derived from the African legends of dragons. All right. So yeah, if you have, we've touched all over the world. Right. Yeah. It's also described as being yellow or brown with light spots, even black sometimes. It's reported being anywhere from nine to twenty-five feet long, and can supposedly camouflage into its surroundings, or it's almost translucent in mm. some cases. It has been seen by other strange features, such as a bioluminescent crest or horns along its neck, that it can inflate and deflate easily, possibly by gargling down air. It has leathery bat-like wings that doesn't, it just doesn't glide on. It's capable of sustaining flight. It has a wingspan of around 30 feet. It's said to be a loud and frequent roaring sound when it's around. It is also said to smell like tar, and when it gets into the air, it hurls itself down hills. It is apparently covered in scales or armor. So by that, I mean, to take off, it has to get near like a hill or a cliff or a drop off. So it has to like throw itself mm-hmm. to start getting back up. Yeah. Get some speed going. So a lot of these ones that are seen on the ground that fly, that people have witnessed him taking off from all of these, all these sightings I just said above, they don't seem to be able to get back in the air super easily. Yeah. But not for whatever. It doesn't look like they're supposed to be down on the ground. It needs a running start or something, yeah. right? Yeah. Or like the, the Iowa dragon seemed like it struggled to get back up. Yeah. It had to rest a long time to kind of jump after it thudded into the ground yeah it is found in the caries region of nabibia i can't say it that's nambia nambia now let's go with nabibia the serpent is said to have been seen in 1942 by a man named michael esterhus okay very dutch (laughs) he is tending to his flock of sheep in a farm 60 kilometers west of a town now here's a cool name kitty man swoop it's a man's name? No, the town. Oh, okay. Kitty Man Swoop. Man Swoop. Okay. When he saw a massive snake hurling itself down a hill, he said the encounter two or three times, uh, other times in his life. In the late 1950s, a farmer named Goraga and a group of farmers <laughs> and missionaries were, they found seven dead sheep, which had all been bitten by some kind of snake like creature with two punctured marks that were slightly ajar. But no one understood the fact that they, the land from around it, the, the, uh, the land from around them, it stood like substance, a soot like substance in the areas, would pitch the soot 
were almost noticed on the wool of the sheep. So they found like soot on, everywhere. Okay. Anything ringing any bells? It should be, shouldn't it? Yeah. I think this is my best one ever where you haven't guessed the end. I haven't yet. Another sighting in 1978 when a French farmer who had been tending his cattle in the Caras region, when he saw a bright white light, when he noticed it heading straight down towards him. Then afterwards, he heard a massive thud and heard one of his cattle mooing in pain. As he rushed to check on the uh, what was attacking his cows, he saw what he thought was a giant snake. He quoted to the local police, I saw what I looked like. It looked like the best matching description I could give you is it looked like a dragon. It had a white bright light on its head when it was blinding me. The color of it was brown and yellow. It had green eyes, question mark. It was a, it's, there was a tar-like smell coming from it, and there was smoke coming out of its nostrils. Huh. Okay. So wait. Nobody yet? Is it a cryptid? When he was asked to meet the, uh, when he was asked to be detective, it became a scene to be uh, above the uncolored. It's, I don't know what that means. The legend of the strange creature possibly driven from local legends of African dragons or the Kangamoto. Uh, it could be exaggeration of a new species of flying snake. Okay. That's all the cryptids I have for you. I'm not going to tell you what my thoughts are. But we're going to go into what are people seeing. Okay. So it's odd. In the middle of this research, I found the Sasonian had wrote an article literally attached to one of these cryptids. Oh, no. Okay, what did they have to say? Before I get into that, uh, what are people seeing past and present? So dragons are in every culture. Yep. And historic dragons are much more like the ones I just read above, not these four-legged saurian dinosaurs with wings kind of look. That Sir George was mm-hmm. fighting, you know. And you think- if you look at Sir George, or some of those old knights... They were killing crocodiles, which we'll talk about in a minute. Like, they were these big things on the ground. They were stabbing crocodiles to death. Okay. Dragons. I mean, land have dragons. You, have you ever seen a crocodile, a big now crocodile in person? If you throw some big wings on it, it could be easily a dragon. Uh, anyways, so from this first this first group I have for you of possibilities is from the Smithsonian. Mm. So this is word for word what they say. Oh, gosh. What people are seeing. That they're calling dragons. Where do dragons come from? First one they say is dinosaurs. Ancient people have discovered dinosaur fossils and understandably mistaken them for remnants of dinosaurs. Or dragons, I'm sorry. Cheng Q, a Chinese historian from the 4th century BC, mislabeled such fossils in the Shuqi province. He took he took a look at fossilized stegosaurus, for example. And you might say, all these giant beasts average 30 feet length. They typically were 14 feet tall and they were covered in armor plates and spines for defense. Dragon. Which I can see at least some uh, like cultures. It's reasonable. Like yeah, you find yeah. dinosaur bones and you don't know what you're looking at. Yeah, they're big, robust, spiky animals. Right. Yeah, could be easily be confused as a dragon if like you have the that in your culture. Skull when they found you know which was the elephant, elephants and mammoths because mm-hmm. their trunk looks like an eye socket where right. their trunk connects. The next one, Nile crocodiles. Okay. So. The native to sub-Saharan Africa, you know, they end up everywhere. Now, crocodiles may have been a much more extensive range in ancient times, perhaps inspiring European dragon legends by swimming across the Mediterranean to Italy and Greece. They are along the largest of all crocodile species, with the mature adults measuring 18 to 20 feet length. Unlike most others, they are capable of movements and called a high walk, where, it's, you know, they stand up and they can, they can run at you pretty quick. 
in which the they trunk is elevated off the ground, a giant lumbering croc might be mistaken for a dragon. Okay, so they're leaving out one small little, tiny shh, little shh. detail. No, you think these are bad. Let me keep reading. Well, Don't bring that up yet. What? The fact that they uh, can't... So keep in mind, this is attached to the dragons I just read about. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the next one is the guana. The, the iguana? A, no, no. The goanna. Okay, what's that? It's from Australia. It's it's a small Komodo dragon. Okay, but... It's just, a species of modern living. But so they were leaving. traded in ancient Europe and stuff like that from there. Like, people visiting Australia, they were brought back as little dragons. They're still leaving out a very major key detail. Don't say it yet, because wait till you hear the next one. Whales. Oh, whales? Whales. Often argue that discovery of megafauna such as whales uh, prompted the stories of dragons. Ancient humans encountering whale bones would have no way of knowing that these animals were sea-based. Like, because they were on the... <laughs> the idea of such gigantic creatures may have led people to assume that they were predatory. Because living whales spend up to 90% of their time underwater, they were probably poorly understood in most of human history. I'm this not, is from the Smithsonian. Now, listen, I, I'm going to spend, they said 90% of the time underwater. Um, well, I, sp well spend, I think they meant not at the surface. Oh, okay. Because whales spend uh, 100% of their time, unless you're that <laughs> one in the Amazon rainforest. No, that was dropped there by a dragon. Maybe so. But the whale dragon. <laughs> See, now you can say it. What? That, but, none of these have wings? None of these look like a snake. None of these look like a snake. None of them have wings. None of them fly. Yeah, this is their main uh, thing I just, to write I off wanted as. you to wait until we got to the whale one. Are they? Okay. Okay. Are they dumb on purpose? No, they think or, you're dumb. That's what it is. I don't. I think they're also No, dumb. they're like, here's the thing from the Smithsonian. Just eat this. Yeah, no one will read this. As long as we put it out, they'll read the headline. Mm -hmm. That's it. The last one the Smithsonian puts forth, it's just the human brain. Mm, of course. That we're very imaginative, and he, that's why dragons pop up in every culture, is that it's this key characteristic, you know, our, our nemesis to fight and such. So I'm glad that the Smithsonian really takes the diligent time to sift through everything and then present only explanations that uh, just don't fit any of the descriptions at all. Hmm. All right. Ready to get into mine? Yeah. Mine, I, th I feel, are a little better. Okay. Uh, let's just go with the first one that was, you know, especially put forth with the pine, the lone pine mountain devils, uh, living dinosaurs or pterodactyls surviving their mass extinction events. So let's do dinosaurs first. I want to do that. And then we'll do okay. pterodactyls. Okay. I want to separate them because they're not the same thing. Okay. Uh, so it's kind of unique. Dinosaurs, uh, pterosaurs and crocodilians okay. are actually from the same source group. Okay. That's why crocodiles aren't close related to most other reptiles. Because they have their own old. like little traits. Yeah, they're very unique as far as true reptiles go. Okay, and dinosaurs aren't true reptiles. They're not reptiles anymore. You know, they became their own thing, but they are source material is reptiles. And same with pterosaurs, there are source materials reptiles, but they actually separately evolved feather-like stuff. Now we know they were actually covered in down. Okay, most, most of these species of pterosaurs were covered in a thick layer of down. Okay, we actually have some really good fossils that show this. Uh. So let's do dinosaurs first. As far as we know, no dinosaurs truly had flight. Okay. There were some gliders towards the end, like, uh, you know, Microraptors and some of these guys, and they actually had two sets of wings. Oh. They had their arms and their legs, and they would actually have the specialized hips 
so they could like spread their legs so they could actually glide on those as well. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that's kind of the first thing is that the Microraptors were very small, you know, a little bigger than squirrels. Yeah. So when we looked at stuff that survived the mass extinction events, uh, specifically the dinosaurs mass extinction, almost all the land, fully land animals were very small. Mm-hmm. You know, reptiles, rodents, and anything that could burrow under the ground, avian and, dinosaurs. Yeah. You know, these are the small guys that survived. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Microraptors would have been thrown into that category, you know, very small insect eaters, uh, insects would pop up back up very fast compared to the vertebrates. Oh yeah. So let's just say, and like, we'll talk about with the birds and the pterosaurs in a minute that after the mass extinction of the dinosaurs, there's a lot of open niches and there's what's called ra- or evolutionary radiation, mm-hmm. which these species evolve very, very fastly to fill all the open niches. Right. Yeah. So this giant, you know, condor or, you know, that kind of animal space is open. So if they're already kind of gliding and there's not a lot of flying stuff left, that's but, especially bigger than them. There's nothing bigger than them left. So they'll develop. They could take over that niche very quickly. Yeah. Personally, I don't think so. I think that what we're talking about are very serpent-like. Right, yeah. Uh, and not saying that dinosaurs couldn't adapt. You know, it's been a long time. They had a lot of time to get from there to here. So they could, you know, be much more serpentine. Then, Their front legs could come forward and form like bee-like wings or dragonfly-like wings, sure. Because a lot of things could change over that many yes. years in time, yeah. I'm going to go no. I think there's many more other possibilities that are a little more likely. Okay. Let's go with the next group, pterosaurs. Okay. The biggest flying things to ever exist were from this group. They had all kinds of special adaptations for this. For flight? For flight. Okay. Specifically being how big they are in being fly. So the biggest flying bird we ever had were, uh, oh gosh, I just forgot the name of it. Teratorns. 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 Okay. They, they, look, they look like raptors, like birds of prey, but they weren't. Oh, okay. They okay. were a separate group. Argentinus. Like Argentinus. Yeah. The guy from the Ark? Yeah. Yeah, the big It's bird. from this. Yeah, okay. They're not true raptors. They're a whole different. They're teratorns. Okay. Uh, why did pterosaurs get so much bigger? It's because they could leap to fly. They could jump, or they'd be on these cliff ah. faces and jump. So getting up in the air for birds is very difficult when they get to a certain size. You look yeah. at Californian condors and Andean condors, some of our biggest flying birds. Today. They have to land. Like A lot of times, they can get off the ground. They're not great at it. But you know that's why they prefer to stay on cliffs and stuff like that. So it's easier for yeah. them. Yep. So what have we talked about? So you know, so these guys can jump, but Quetzalcoatlus, you know, forty foot wingspan, as tall as a giraffe walking around, they didn't survive the mass extinction. But there were pterosaurs that four or five of them could fit in the palm of your hand. The tiny little guys, yeah. yeah there's some that look just like bats. Right. I think we've talked like about the them. little frog faced pterosaurs and stuff like that. Some of yeah. them had teeth. Some of them had big blocky heads, like Dimetrodon and stuff like that, where this little blocky headed pterosaur. Okay. So these could have evolved. A much more serpentine build. Most some species still had their long tail. Some species had their stubby little tail. So let's say that they developed to be more airborne for longer periods of time. That they are adapting this fat storage in their tail, or this you know this more they're having more fat storage because they're going longer distances without eating. Okay, that could be why they look more serpentine now. Their legs are already very small before the mass extinction event. Now they're probably just. Vestigial at yeah. this point. Yeah. So this could give you a much more serpentine look. And what did we already talk about? Pterosaurs had down. That's right. And they had uh, armor scaled. You know, they had some scales. You know, ter- pterosaurs had a good mix of avian traits. They weren't avians at all. They weren't related. You know, the avians came from dinosaurs. Right, yeah. But 
they separately evolved avian like traits. You know, this down and almost hair like structures. Okay. What do you think of that one? I mean, it's always a possibility. It's always, you can't rule it out. And my thing is, they had really tiny members mm-hmm. in this adaptive radiation. They already had the building blocks to get big again. Yeah. And there was niches to be filled yes. for bigger ones. They, yeah. They had the same genetics that the frog faced pterosaurs had, that the Quetzalcoatlus had, and Hexagrachrix. And what was that last one? You Hexagrachrix. Oh. I can't ever say. It's, a, it's the second largest flying one. Okay. I don't, I don't know that one. I never heard that one before. So I'm not, I haven't sold you yet. No, not yet. Try again. Try again. All right. Let's shoot for three. Just straight up giant birds. Birds? That these birds have much more, you know, some of the birds have scales. Birds have armor plates. They have down. They have wings. Yeah. Uh, not bat like wings, but people, when you see a giant bird like a Territorn or a Thunderbird, it would be scary. Oh, and yeah. what have we talked about with people seeing these things? You, you know, you start exaggerating. Your your brain adds extra teeth. Your brain adds extra spines. Yeah. And horns and stuff like because it wants you to be scared. Scared, yeah. What do you think of this one? I just still don't think on this one either. I'm not sold on this yeah. one. I just seen somebody else. Yeah. Okay, so convergent evolution. Now this could be a thing. Yeah. Animals like bats and lizards taking these niches. So there was actually a lizard, flying lizard, in the at the end of the Jurassic. That glided on its back legs only. Oh, okay. The tiny little front legs, and it had these gigantic long back legs, and it would glide. That's pretty neat. Yeah. So if he survived the mass extinctions, could and had all this time evolved into something like this, mm-hmm. covergently evolved into this. And like we've talked about with like orang bate and stuff like that, giant bats are also another option. You know, these bat-like wings. This downy feather, the box-like head. You mentioned the hammerhead bat earlier. We right. know bats that have these horse-looking horse, heads. Yeah, and that's weird that that's that popped up all around the world. That horse head description. Mm-hmm. That's kind of crazy. So, what do you think about that? It's either these this group of lizards, or this group of bats that have especially evolved for oceanic flight or something. You know, high atmospheric flights. The only thing that deters me from that is the double sets of wings. It's the only the thing. So if you look at bats, yeah, their front wings are connected to their back legs, and they actually have a membrane going to their tail. Right, yeah. So they kind of look like they have two sets of wings. If it's a big enough bat where you can see it, you would see the arms, Yeah. and then you would see the legs. Yeah. So Okay, maybe. Because they that have big. that. Yeah. I guess, I guess. but I'm saying, you know, we're talking something that has a 15-foot wingspan. Yeah, the legs are going to be much more visible yeah. than a, like a six-foot fruit bat. Right, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I still the serpentine body is what's really killing yeah, it's you, right? Not, yeah, it's not. I can't fit that into a box. Okay. I still. Okay. Now, before you get to your last one, I'm oh, assuming, I have a couple. Okay, is one of these one of your predictions? I guess. What do you think it is? Yeah, I mean, the very last one is what I know. I know okay. it is. So before you get to that, I want to guess. But do this next one first. Well, I have two more before my. Oh, okay, then let's do these two. Then I'll guess. Uh, flying snakes. Oh, that was my guess. Oh, literally <laughs> flying snakes. Oh wait. That, I guess that wasn't my guess. It kind of was. It, my guess was the uh, flying, we talked about atmospheric snake creatures, like the flying ones. That was my guess. Uh, Anyways. Oh, no. Oh, no. Was that your guess? So flying actual snakes. Uh, you know, there's tons of cultures that even the Congo and the Amazon, yeah. that there are snakes that glide. Right now? Yes. That are tree jumpers and they glide. Neat. Uh, and there are stories from both of those regions of small flying snakes. Hmm. And even in the modern uh, King Kong versus Godzilla, they had a, ju- a titan that was a flying cobra. Really? Mm-hmm. 
That's pretty scary. So there's all the, there's a bunch of cultures of these little flying snakes. Yeah. So what if we had something more along the lines of an anaconda sized one of these? Mm-hmm. I mean, a flying squirrel. If squirrels can take over the niche, the a lot of animals have separately evolved. Flight. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not like flight, flight as far as flapping your wings, taking off, but the gliding thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we already have snakes that have been gliding for a long time. Okay. Um, I'm just gonna say no on this, but if it's a glide, if the stories were about a glider, maybe, but they're not. Second to the last one. They're just real dragons. Yeah, it could be its own separate little species of something. So this real is a, dragons as in this is what a dragon. They're, they're dragons. They're, they're just a, their own dragon. group of animals. Yeah. You yeah. know, they evolved during the same time as the dinosaurs. They had members survive and they took niches. Or maybe they even evolved after. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, it's just something that's there. So they and this isn't my full theory. This has been put out there before. The dragons maybe have had very hollow bones like birds. Uh, then they don't fossilize well. Right, yeah. So they don't have a big historic fossilized. If they were a world-faring species, they'd have had a very low number, like condors, stellar sea eagles, and some other in, uh, albatrosses. Ooh, yeah. So these giant birds that fly over the whole planet, their number of individuals is very low. So fossils have been very, very, very rare. Right, yeah. And, you know, and these and things... Hollow bones would another been the thing. Maybe they were thermal vent riders as well. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Ending up all over the world. Yeah. Another thing is... Many cultures used killing a dragon-like animal as a test of ultimate manhood. Mm-hmm. So over the centuries or the millennia, could these things have systematically been wiped out? Oh, knowing human beings? Yes. That they were used, <laughs> they were targeted, these right. little areas. Most dragons, most cultures talked about mountain ranges. So this a is dragon. a legless creature that's flying. Yeah. They would use these areas, whether nurseries... Or just landing spots because they get back in the areas or in hunting grounds. All these talk about, you know, from Africa, South America, North America, eating children, sheep, small yeah, animals, cows. Down and getting them, yeah. And returning back to the mountain. So what if we've systematically put them as an extremely endangered species? And these core, most of these dragons that are left today are very, very localized. Yeah. So what if that's, you know, they're they just... They found one safe spot left. It's their last little breeding area. Yeah. And it's almost always around mountains or, you know, just spots. Maybe. And two, I was going to say the Iowa one maybe doesn't fall into that. But since it is seasonal or seems to be seasonal with these guys, maybe that's like they're traveling to this area to feed, knowing it's like good hunting grounds, mm-hmm. good, easy eating. And people in Iowa aren't, you know, uh, wise enough to hunt them or... To know like what to do with them yet anymore anymore yes you know and the thing with Iowa that was kind of cool was at the very end if you want to believe that guy or not I don't care yeah but a different species of one came in and it was huge and it was blue and it had two sets of wings compared to all the other ones just had the one and you know that would kind of point there it's it seems like there may be a couple species of these things left gotcha. And if they're world-faring, they'd be quite rare. We talked about their stellar sea eagles on Freaky Fauna. Yeah. You know, the same individual you see in Africa, maybe the same individual you see in Maine, same individual you see in, in Alaska. Yeah. You know, All it's over. one animal. Yeah. And just, that's they're capable of flying, you know, 2,000 miles at a time. There's thermal vent riders. Once they get up there, you know, it's easy to stay. Oh, yeah. So what if that's what's happening? What if dragons are just real? They're a separate group of animal, like pterosaurs. Yeah. Where they, you know, they're evolved from base stock or reptiles. That's why they have these reptilian traits. I think they were real. I do. I just think there's so much enough history of them that's in our our consciousness or whatever. Everyone knows about dragons. I mean, mm-hmm. I just think there was some form of dragon that was real, and this could 
could be, you know, the remnants of them. Could be. Maybe they've gotten smaller over time, you know. I mean, I, it, I don't think dragons were ever massive. Yeah. I just don't think a flying creature would like be. Like from Game of Thrones? Yeah. Like Jakaris. Yeah. I think they were small and probably very fragile. Yeah. And small relatively, you know. I mean, 15 feet long. Would it be small compared to what we're seen on shown yeah, on you know, t- media foot today long dragons yeah. you know with you know 400 foot wingspans yeah size of a building a small house or something and like single guys were killing these things right. on all these cultures whether it's africa whether it's asia the philippines they were slaying them yes yeah. the uk and imagine imagine a big flying snake in the top of a mountain you travel all the way up there in your uh you know big in their coat of armor you're killing sheep and stuff like yeah. that you know sure and they're gonna take this thing wriggles out of its cave and it's 15 feet long yeah it's a giant you know back then but and slay it but, but slayable it's when it's doable. on the ground from these modern day stories they don't seem to be doing that well right yeah maybe that's so why we when you kill yeah, them yeah you walk up with your sword and you just start slashing at the thing yeah sneak up on it don't let it take flight I mean, I don't think it could, like, if it's either going to fight or try to take yeah. off. Right, yeah. And it's hopping. Yeah. How many of these stories of it's hopping, trying to, you know, get back up? And Sir George is chasing it down, trying to cut its head off. Or just start slashing its tail and stuff like it, that. It yeah. don't matter. All right. Okay, what these what things really it? are. What is it? They're organic UFOs. That's, okay. These are sky serpents. We talked yeah. about multiple times. Yeah. Uh, uh, you didn't pick it up for a long time. I didn't, because I didn't think that would even be... I don't know. I just didn't So didn't people are head. seeing these sky serpents, uh, and they have known stories of dragons with these reptilian-like traits, and they're personifying reptilian-like traits onto these creatures. Mm, okay. They may have these big square heads. A lot of these creatures aren't said to have eyes, or they have bioluminescent parts, or they seem to be transparent. Mm-hmm. Like the one in Africa is talked about being like it can camouflage wherever it lands. It just you know it matches right, yeah. Probably because it's transparent. It's not camouflaging. It's just see through or clear. It could be like a jellyfish. Yeah, you can see the other side. You know, even though you're looking through organ systems and stuff like that. Right. A lot of them aren't said to have eyes, which is something that was a big kickoff to me. These serpent-like bodies, these manta ray or bat-like wings. And these big blocky heads. Hmm. With no eyes? Yeah. Or at least nothing visible. Like yeah, nothing discernible. visible or, you know, not not big prominent features. So what of these are a special type of organic UFO that's hunting on the ground? So in one of our episodes, we talked about these small man-like ones from the Amazon that are being seen. The man, the small man manta ray things. Okay. That are hyper-aggressive carnivores. Okay. They may be a birthing ground for these giants in the upper atmosphere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a possibility. And what if these are the small, like we talked about the sharks, you know, these are the guys that are carnivores. The predators, yeah, the, the fast-moving predators in mm-hmm. this atmosphere, yeah. And they're taking advantage. Like, we talked about the, the, the ghost of the Sahara, this big serpent-like light that comes through. The other one in Africa talked about yeah. having lights, bioluminescence. There's ones in India we talked about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So what if we're seeing, we're seeing the sky snakes? And I'm not saying they don't have armor plates or people are mistaken for scales, mm-hmm. but the reptilian traits... And I know if you go to like the cryptid wiki or whatever, you're going to see pictures of like drawn dragons. That's not what these things look like historically. Yeah. You know, and they have serpentine bodies, but not serpent like, not covered in scales with big belly scoots and stuff like that. Just a long, slender, narrow, you know, a long, slender, tube. narrow body, like an eel. Yeah. You, know, you could say eel like just as easily. Right. Yes. Some of them are colored. Point. Some of them aren't. Some of them are see through. Some of them camouflage. Some of them have bioluminescence. And some Phenot- of them don't. Phenotypes. Phenotype. But what if that's what we're seeing? And that they were slaying, you know, I'm not even going that that's what they were slaying. That when these things land to lay yeah. eggs. 
Well, now, gotta, they got to have a breeding ground somewhere. The soot, like from the Left by the One Dragon. Okay. Spores. Spores? From these mushroom-like or whatever, the jellyfish-like ones. Oh, okay. They're leaving spores behind. How many times have we talked about these UFOs leaving powder? Right, yeah. These powdery residue around. Yep. And it may be their dried mucus or spores or anything like that. What was that one stuff called? Magnesium carbonate? Calcifate. Yeah, yeah. Professional podcasters here. It's been a day for I can't I can't read or pronounce anything. So what if these are organic dragons are organic UFOs, and that people are putting because especially modern day ones, people are putting more reptilian like traits because that's what we think dragons are. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? No, I like it. I think, like I said, when I was trying to narrow it down, once you said flying snakes, I meant these guys, the organic UFO snake like creatures we've talked about and. Many of our, well, almost all of our UFO, our organic UFO episodes. Um, now, yeah, this is a this is a good. Uh, we might have to go through uh, that project we were working on, um, and check some of the accounts again and see if it adds up to some of these, and maybe these could be added into that project as well. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I like this idea. This is the one that's most reasonable to me. If, unless it's just some unknown creature that we're not taking into account. See, I think it's one of the last which, two. It's either which is the same thing as this. Yes, I mean it's either real dragons, as in a whole group of animals that we don't know about. Yeah, or it's organic UFOs being mistaken for dragons. And which, or both, like the same time, organic UFOs are dragons that people just don't, I guess, anymore. That's just back then it was a dragon. Now it's like, well, dragons aren't real, but there's these organic UFOs. Same thing. So, I have been the great and powerful Mr. E. And I've been a clone that I don't, I don't remember. remember. A don't clone that, me. a forgetful clone. Remember, everybody, dragons are real. Bye! Bye. Thank you for listening to Crips of the Corn Podcast. Please share with a friend you think would like us. It's the best way to help our show grow. Leave a comment, rate us, a five-star review, and remember... There is always extra content on Patreon slash com, And don't forget, stay magical. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.